0: Imagine a place in the year 2023 where there is still no cell service or television, just connection to each other, the land, and ancestors who settled it. A sacred space that can best be described as a refuge from the world. For the Foote family, the Barracks Ranch property has become precisely that, an oasis nestled in between sweeping red rock canyons and desert sagebrush. Today, we will explore the origins of this historic land, its multi-generational impact, and the immeasurable, almost magical way a place can contribute significantly to lasting family ties. Last year in May, the Burton family gathered at the ranch where we learned about the amazing people who homesteaded the area. And my sister-in-law, Amanda, led us all in an experience where we shared our fondest memories and thoughts about the special place. On a very windy Sunday afternoon, Raymond taught us the history of these people as we stood around their gravesides in Orderville. We'll hear from him first. Next, we'll hear the family members share their thoughts. And last but definitely not least, we'll listen to a tribute written and read by my daughter, Audrey. May the spirit of the ranch live on for generations to come.
1: Our ancestor who came across the
2: plains name was Warren Foote. He was married to Artemisia Sidney Myers and they had a bunch of children. One of his children's name was David. Foot who's buried right there. And he was married to Sarah Rebecca Hall. And they are the ones who homesteaded up Lydia's Canyon. Lydia's Canyon, yeah. So here in the valley. What? It's just a little like by Glendale and then up a canyon.
3: Know that
1: it was
4: Lydia's king. I've always seen that and wondered. Yeah, and that's where my dad was. We went up there once a lot of years ago. It was really
1: cool.
2: We got eaten alive by those horse flies. It was (laughs) horrifying.
0: About how far would it take? Like from here, would it take like 15 minutes or so, or longer than that?
3: You can go up there. Is there a gate? We had to be in a truck. I remember. No, I'm I'm thinking Warren kind of had
1: to get us.
5: It's okay. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Anyway. Right. David and, and
2: Sarah. Sarah. They had children, one of which was David Leonard Foote, who's buried here, who married Elizabeth Allen Heaton Bowers Foot, And they had, she had two children from her previous marriage, Sperry and Mildred. at the ranch and they had their home in town and they would also work the ranch land down the ranch. So they had four more boys. Wait just a
3: minute. Homestead at the ranch means when you came here nobody owned all this and so you staked out what you wanted. You never had to pay any money for it back in those days so there's never been any money involved with our ranch thing. Yeah. You just homesteaded and they got that because they took care of it. Okay. And, more and more he's money. the first
0: one that found the David Leonard was the first one that found the property of the ranch and, and claimed yes. it. Claimed it. That's okay. what I means. And they okay.
1: And they just gave it to him because, they, yeah. Kay. Okay. Then
2: their oldest child together, after Sperry and Mildred, was oh, Leonard, go, to... our great, our grandfather, great-grandfather.
1: Yep.
2: So Leonard and then Daryl. The youngest? Uh-huh. I didn't yep. know that. I thought Warren was the youngest. And then Robert. So there's Robert. Robert's buried there. Warren will be buried there. And Daryl will be buried there. And my dad's buried by my grandma in Farmington. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: Robert what didn't ever marry. He was in the army. He was he fought in the First World War. You better put him back. He was in the army and he was in Japan and anyway, he came home, got
0: out
1: of the During army. During the Korean War, right? I can't
0: remember. So Robert was in the Korean War probably.
6: Maybe. And
3: the, Yeah, and we've got a big plaque saying how,
6: what he did. Anyway. And how did Robert die? He was
3: driving, he was in California was with Barry and Jackie, he was driving down a real steep place in a canyon and his car rolled off the road. Yeah, and they didn't find
0: him for a couple of days, but he was. Yeah. But Sperry and Jackie were in the car with him. No, 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 no no, 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 no. Oh, no. he was
1: they just, just visiting. They were just.
3: And he was never married. He was never married. No, so he did not die in the war. No, because he just fought after. He, after, he right. was after. Yeah. It was after. Yep. And what in in the Ranch Canyon? No, or no, no Canyon. in, California. Oh. in California. Oh, California. 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 After he got out, he, moved, he was in California. Actually.
2: Between these two. Okay. She had two so The children. Robert died at 28, so that's so why I never heard of him.
3: Okay. We'll show you the pictures of the ranch they the are. Okay. And if you... Did you ever meet Robert? Huh? Sorry, did you ever meet Robert? Uh-huh. I remember him. Remember. Oh, I was taking piano and every time he'd come, he wanted me to play the theme from the Lone Ranger. <laughs> and I wasn't good enough.
0: <laughs> and he's the one you gave us a picture of uh-huh. a few uh-huh. years ago, right?
7: see from his his death date that is a few months before Linda and I were married almost a year before we were married so, so I knew him he lived with Linda's parents down
2: in their basement in the last few years of his life that's where he died remember yeah. the scary bedroom downstairs right. and,
7: and in case in a This is just a a twerky thing, but in case you ever forget how to get into the ranch house gate, Mm. you can come up to the cemetery here (laughs) and see that it's 1889 instead of 1895. 1895. I didn't know why, (laughs) but now I know
2: why.
3: But I think 1895. I mean, it's still at the house, isn't that yeah.
2: what The mean's house? And yeah, I'll be taking a picture Everything of the Everything but the gate. <laughs> okay. That is so beautiful to
1: take a picture of. David Leonard was born eighteen eighty
0: nine. Oh wow. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, picture, picture,
8: picture. No. I know. I had to test it out and make sure it wasn't gonna be weird. <laughs> Still a little weird. Okay. Um, so I, I said that the ranch is a symbol of roots and being connected to people, being connected to deity and nature, how small I am in contrast to like the majesty of God's creations. And I really liked the other night when we had a conversation and the term holy birthright came up. That was a really huge thing to my heart. I love that. Um, and honoring a father and mother, which is our, our mother and father, but also Leonard and Luana, and also, is it David, Leonard, and Elizabeth? Yeah. Um, some of my favorite memories at the ranch, getting flooded in was my first trip here. We got flooded in and water poured off that backside, and I didn't know how rare it was because I'd only ever been here this one time, and I've been here so many times since, and it's never happened again. That was really cool. Looking at the stars one time we came and we saw a baby black widow spider out here and a wasp get stuck in it and we watched the fight between the two for like 30 minutes because we didn't know who was going to win and eventually we actually helped free the the bee we wanted it to live so yeah then we killed the spider (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, so the bee won (laughs) (laughs) fat man's eating the watermelon after that saying never have I ever right here at this table and telling John and Kristen's family that we were pregnant. Um, Eating Van's licorice. Some of you know that we had like a big extended family trip here once and Van was standing outside that door. That's Mindy and Nate's son when he was like Leo's age probably and I I ran around and he was holding licorice like this and I just ran by and like chomped his licorice. I was just like, it was not nice. (laughs) <laughs> but I thought it was hilarious, and he was really mad. <laughs> so, that was awesome. so that's one of my favorite memories. And then um, last time we were all here together on the Sabbath day, we took the sacrament in this room and we studied the words of the prophets, and that was a really special Sabbath day. so And then I'll just end with one of my thoughts about how have I drawn near to Christ through my time experiences at the ranch. Um, I just feel like he is here because of the love that we share and like That's so much what Jesus Christ embodies, is love. And so I feel like I learn a little bit more about that love every time I come here. And I see him in the selfless acts of family and in the joy and laughter we share. Thank you.
4: To me, the ranch is a symbol of peace. When I think of a happy place, this is always what comes to mind. It symbolizes peace to me because it's a place with no distractions, little worldly influence, and a focus on family, on nature and on your personal view of yourself. Here, you're left alone to who you are. It's also a place for me of confidence because of all the past experiences here that have built me. And knowing who I am, where I came from, and what I'm a part of gives me confidence. And then memories. The first one that comes to mind is dusty back of the truck rides she always remember, it was like we were trying to have so much fun, but you're also like choking on the dust of the truck <laughs> ahead of you the whole time. Um, tadpoles, sandstone carvings, uh, testimony meetings, all with the second, third, fourth cousins, strangers, that you instantly have a connection because you know you're part of the same family. Dipping in the creek, um, court sleeping, fat man's, and then one specific was right after we were married, I think, I came down here without Ben, and,
9: your best time ever, I know, Uh, no, I
4: think I came when you were in Ghana or something, (laughs) anyways, um,
9: that was the best trip we've ever had,
4: (laughs) (laughs) we did a horseback ride, it was me and dad and Ray and a few of the other cousins, Spencer and Rose, and we did a horseback ride. And that's when the game was born. Make the sound of a giraffe, go. And you had, <laughs> and you had to make the sound right there. And
2: that's I funny, played game. that game with Amanda on our first date.
4: See? <laughs> that moment. What sound did she make? She was just so attractive. It was the sound of a spider. Oh. Okay, and then just as far as Christ... Being in a place, you guys have said this, being in a place isolated from the world, being surrounded by family who have strong, solid testimonies, uh, just draws me near to him by everyone else's goodness and the spirit that's present. I also think, as Chris said, he wants his children to be here. I just keep noticing that we don't know how to be still. We have learned, we have, lost that ability over time. I think we're not, we're not, as children, they're not learning how to be still. At least mine aren't. <laughs> so I think that this is a good place to hear him and to learn to be still, but it's okay to be still. You don't always have to be doing something or moving, but it's, it's a good skill to
9: have. I love that. Thank you sorry. The ranch, a.k.a. heaven on earth, a.k.a. happy place, a.k.a. where adventure begins, a.k.a. where families become familiar with simplicity. I love the ranch. I, oh, this, I'll get I love the ranch. I remember the first time Ann took me here. I, could, I can remember the joy, happiness, and peace in her eyes. I love nature, but that love is enhanced by how much I know this sacred place means to Ann. Now that, we have, now that we can bring our children here, enriches that experience even more. I love seeing the cousins building memories together. Today, I took most of the cousins down the river in the truck. Luckily, Audrey just became an adult, so we had more than just me as the adult supervisor. We spent some time on the rope doing boat races and topped it all off with big splashy. They all lined up on the riverbank as I drove the truck through the river to bring the tsunami, as Wes called it, and drenched the brave adventurers. The laughter was abundant, the cousins were drenched, and the memory forever solidified. The ranch is a sacred place. I'm grateful for those who came before us who made it all possible. I love being here because it's easy to see the beauty of the creation and feel the spirit of the gospel. My testimony of family continues to be strengthened every time I visit the ranch. The ranch, aka a sacred inheritance. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Other people like feel your passion of love for the ranch, too. And how it affected them. Okay, I
10: can go. Um To me, the ranch symbolizes family in the truest sense of the word. It holds a feeling of home, a feeling that I believe provides a glimpse of our heavenly home. The ranch is simplicity, the art of simply being the beauty of existence. The ranch is the hard work of my ancestors sustaining me and their warm embrace, um and the ranch is leaving behind everything that doesn't matter and remembering and reconnecting with what does matter the ranch is timelessness and steadiness the ranch is truly living not being afraid to get dirty embracing adventure and embracing your childlike self who you are deep down um, some memories sleeping under the stars sitting on the porch in the evening hiking twin hollow games at the cabin um spiritual conversations that just feel more real finding tadpoles um running through the trench with all of the cousins when we we're little um i've drawn closer to jesus christ here because i feel him here i feel him and i see him in the view from the porch and the stars um i feel the reality of his role as a creator He truly is in all of the beauty and every nuanced detail in nature. The ranch reminds me that the creator of the universe has power and control and that he knows me and that he loves me. The ranch is a spiritually safe and strong environment where God can more easily communicate through thoughts and feelings. The ranch enables our family to see Christ in each other and in every detail. The ranch gives me hope because it reminds me that because of Jesus Christ, heaven is a reachable destination that will feel like this, but somehow better.
11: I had too, but some of the symbols are just strengthening family relationships and taking a step away from the world. Um, some of my favorite memories are when we played Nine Square and we're acting like monkeys. <laughs> do you guys remember that? <laughs> and then just catching tadpoles and <laughs> me and Ray were messing around at the pool one day and jumping on this huge whale floaty and trying to not fall off. <laughs> and then we when we played the add-on game into the pool, and so you do, like, a weird jump and then you'd have to copy it and everyone got hurt, but it was fun. <laughs> and then... Just uh, when we played Skulking on the porch. (laughs) Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was super fun. Um, I And just sleeping under the stars. It's always just really cool to see all the stars. Um, I've drawn near to Jesus Christ through our testimony meetings and just spending time here. There's just a spirit here that isn't anywhere else. And, I don't know, just looking around, you can just see Christ in everything.
2: The <laughs> ranch symbolizes love, family, adventure, and, like, deep roots. And memories, what I wrote down was sleeping under the stars, hiking around, and exploring new spots fat man's. And I've run closer to Christ from, like, spiritual conversations like this one. And gaining my testimony from just, like, I don't know, stargazing and being out in nature and stuff.
12: The thing I think of was I, I pretty much just wrote down a bunch of memories. Just remember how long the drive was to the ranch. I remember we used to meet at Grandma's house first. We'd all meet there, and then we'd kind of all drive down together. We'd drive with cousins, and one year in particular they had... All these bags put together yeah, for all the cousins, we would Aww, including nice. pop rocks. Uh, and me and Ben would sneak down and eat all the pop rocks before we even got in the in the vehicles. Um, Tadpoles in the creek, playing with stink bugs. Me and Ben also loved this hill over here. I remember just playing on that hill all the time and dodging cactus and trying not to step in the cactus. Hike to the triangle, like John said, was a big, big deal that we always did every time. All the heights to Twin Hollow. Probably my favorite thing to do as a kid that me and Ben would do all the time was catching toads. That was like my favorite part of the ranch. We would just, as soon as it, Got dark. The toads would come out. And we would just go catch toads and collect toads. Um, riding on the tailgate of the trucks was always a blast. Carving in sandstone and uh, Fat Man's—I was lucky enough to be one of them that went on the very first Fat Man trip. And the main memory I remember of that was because this is when we went with a guide, I, don't, I can't remember his name, but Dennis. Dennis, and he took some other guys, and there was a larger guy, and we, there was one part of Fat Man's back then that you had to go down in this little hole and be lowered down, and he just got completely stuck in the hole. And as we're trying to get him down there, he's just talking about how he shouldn't have ate so many Twinkies. Um, And I just still remember that. And I just remember getting back to the ranch house and just telling everyone about this thing we just did. It was just unlike anything I'd ever done. Um, Nobody's even mentioned the bat. But uh, that's a memory I have. I remember that day very vividly for whatever reason. Um, And then with me, the railroad tile thing. But the ranch just symbolizes, like others have said, being away from the world symbolizes where I I came from. And lately I've just had a huge um, desire for my kids to experience
0: the ranch. Just look at this. Will you tell us about your picture, Emmy? So,
2: with my family and my
3: friends, and the ranch. It says, Many times with my family and friends I love. And then my other one, um, this is the picture. It's the ranch house. And it says, My great grandpa and
2: his family owned ran the ranch a long time ago. And my the
0: family's from Very cool. Thank you, Emmy. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
13: My, what about helping me draw closer to
3: Christ. The ranch takes me out of the world away to a place where my soul is reminded of the deep roots within me, roots of testimony, strength, hard work, and family. Remembering these things help me helps me focus on Christ and the blessings and foundation He has given me and helps increase the desire to live closer to him and in a way that would please him and bring honor to those who paved the way for
6: me. As far as what it symbolizes, a lot of the same things. But for me, it also symbolizes healing. Um, I feel like I am healed every time I'm here so many memories I don't have time to share them all but I remember uh, when I was really young I don't know why I came here with just grandma and grandpa it was just the three of us and we seemed like we drove here in a big truck I can't even remember it seemed like a semi truck but I'm sure it wasn't it was just a big truck but we were over there at the house and I just I would climb up that hill right here and to, to the top of the well and back down, and I, and I must have done that a hundred times while they were doing whatever they were doing at the ranch house, and Grandma was amazed. She was like, why do you keep going up the hill? And I had no idea, I just did, because it was fun, I guess. Um, I was also here once with Uncle John putting in the sprinkling system, and I don't know why it was just the two of us. but We spent all day putting in the sprinkling system, and I remember I bought a, a two liter thing of shasta Orange Shasta, and I drank the whole thing before we hit Penguin because we were so dehydrated. But I remember bonding with Uncle John, which I'd never really done, but that was a good memory. I remember the Caterpillar, driving the Caterpillar everywhere. There's a video of Seth and I driving that out in the field, and we just kept doing donuts. And the camera, you can't even see us. You can just see dust and, us, and hear us laughing. And we'd go down the river we took out a fence on that caterpillar we did everything i remember seth and i just going down to the river and playing with pollywogs and we would be gone it seemed like all day and we'd get stuck in quicksand see how stuck we could get and catch polywogs and just play all day i remember going on a horse ride with grandpa down the river and him pointing out some indian ruins places and and then of course dad and i did the, the horse riding Castrating the bowl was fun. <laughs> breaking the window, breaking in the cabin with my golf club, shattering that beautiful window. And it was, I'm being so nervous. I didn't want to tell the family. So I found out who did the windows. And I called them and said, please don't tell my family, but can you please get that fixed right away? And they, they broke three windows coming down to try and replace that one. Everybody found out about it. Um, burning tumbleweeds. Every time now, recently coming down and saying hi to Warren. It's amazing how many times he's here when we're here. And I remember he saw the sign out there. Have you guys seen the sign that says smile, you're on camera? And he came and he said, hey, what are you using for your camera system? And I said, we don't have one. We just put it there to scare people. And he said, it works. I smiled the whole way going (laughs) past your property. Um, <laughs> fat man trips. Oh, the fat man trips have been great. Bringing youth down here and family hiking to the triangle. That was a thing of when we were kids. It was tried to get to the triangle. Uh, swimming at the reservoir when we were young. Um, sleeping outside, burning tumbleweeds. I don't know why, but that kind of seems to be our family's thing every year. Recently, we love doing that. Shooting stars. I've never seen more shooting stars than down here. I've got more, but that's probably enough for now. But I just feel like I'm healed every time I'm here. It's away from the world. It's a place where I can just decompress and heal. In quick sand, going down the river. Big boy and big girl. I remember one story too. We used to have this old truck that didn't have any brakes. Do you remember that white old truck that didn't have any brakes?
1: Yeah.
6: And Seth, Seth and I were taking turns driving it. Seth was driving, I was in the middle, and Uncle John was in the passenger seat. And we had taken it down the road, and we had opened the gate, and when we were coming back, somebody had closed the gate. So we come around the, we came around the turn, And there's the gate shut. And I remember we didn't know what to do. You couldn't go off to the left. You couldn't go off to the right. So Uncle John just instinctively jumped out of the truck and was just running alongside the truck, trying to figure out what to do while he's running out there. And I remember looking at him, and I remember looking at Seth. Seth didn't know what to do as we just careened right through the gate because we had no way of stopping. And so we spent... Dad, you helped us. We, we spent the rest of the day f- fixing the gate, trying to put it back, and we never really did a good job, but that was another funny story.
4: <laughs> Uncle John was smart, though. He just didn't
1: want to be in there. Originally. He was <laughs> But it was
6: so funny, because I could see his mind was racing, trying to figure out a solution <laughs> while he was running to the side of the truck. It was hilarious. I
1: <laughs> And then I
6: also remember the Everton's one time with their minivan, you remember that trying to get across the river? They just floored it. They just floored it, and and they totally got it buried in the middle of the river. And they opened both van doors, and the river was going through the minivan. It was literally going right through. That's
12: amazing. They have
6: pictures of that too. Anyway, sorry, I could go on and on and on. I'm done.
10: What I like about is it is a beautiful place to be it is fun to go hiking it is fun to be with my family it is fun to sleep over there because the stars are beautiful
14: and I also like playing in the rivers.
0: nice thanks Kate
14: like we talked about a lot just like the shield of being away from the rest of the world just like no service here and it's just so simple there's Like, you just kind of have to enjoy the earth because that's what you have. And I have lots of memories. Um, Guacamole the frog is one of my good memories. (laughs) If you were there, you were there. (laughs) And um, I remember when I was little, we had, like, a kiddie pool out over here. And Isaac and Tyler and Dawson brought back a water snake from the creek. And they put it in the kiddie pool. And I just remember the feeling of, like, going right behind my back and all of us, like, screaming and running away, so Mm -hmm. that was fun, and um, I thought of this song, I Feel My Savior's Love, it says, I feel my Savior's love in all the world around me, his spirit warms my soul through everything I see, and I think just like, whenever I wake up at the ranch, I just like automatically have a smile on my face, it's one of those places where you're just always happy, even if you're just doing nothing, you're, you're happy, and so, yeah, and I think it's just taught me the art of getting dirty and of hard work, and it's kind of part of who I am now.
0: Well, if I could sum up the ranch in one word, it would be connection, and I think it it's like a connection to the land, connection to ancestors, connection to God, you just feel connected here with everything, plus everything that everyone's said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm
13: going to read it,
4: okay?
13: Uh, For me, the ranch symbolizes family, faith, determination, legacy, preservation, oasis in life, storms, A link in a mighty chain it's a hard land and the hard sacrifices were made which led to powerful lives born of education and religion some of my memories there were bushes on the hill that way from the house and as children we would carve out like a whole like house We had different rooms in the bushes. There was kind of a tunnel underneath, and we made popcorn balls. And we would have people come through the bushes and see our secret hiding place. And we came back, and all the popcorn balls had ants in them. It was very disappointing. over there, it was so hot. I don't know why we always came in July and August, but we would just literally lay on all the couches. This whole porch over there would have couches inside and out, and we just lay on them sweating to death. But it caused you to just stop and just just be, and to be able to just slow down and feel things that you normally wouldn't. I remember knowing everyone swimming in the reservoir. And even the stickers reminded you of mortality and the limits and pains of mortality. And the last one, for me, it's a tangible tie to the sand and the dirt. The earth is like a tie to your heart. It's like a string. It reminds you of creation and your smallness in the world. And it reminds us of our dependence on God and us being a dot on the scene of eternity. There's a variety of beauty in the world. It's a tender mercy that it stayed in our family line. It helps me remember what's most important, shut down the world's voices, to stare into the expansive and majestic milky way of God's love and realize your place in the eternal plan. Mm. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Oh, good job, Millie. I like the ranch
10: because it's a good
1: place
0: to have food and spend with
1: cousins. Good job,
0: Wes. I like the ranch because I play with the best
7: cousins. <laughs> What's your picture?
1: Everybody
10: is a ranch. I think the ranch symbolizes just like peace and like most of the time, just like sitting down doing nothing. I like that. Some memories um, I have: riding horses, catching tadpoles, swimming at the Thunderbird. Hanging out with the family and hiking fatmans, Those are always really fun. Um,
0: I've drawn closer to Christ by being in nature helps me. Like, come closer to Christ. Like, the stars and just, like, the nature, like, the cliffs and stuff. And just being with the family also does.
7: Say it really loud
1: so we can all hear.
2: Okay, so I did. Um,
10: why I like the ranch, and I just love it because I'm just always happy here, and it's just so fun, and it's just a happy place.
12: Nice.
1: I know. How do you explain (laughs) to someone the
2: Leon, like an entire
12: valley of Zion's National Park? Yeah.
1: I
2: like the
12: feeling. Yeah, like the ranch. The ranch.
10: Ah, yeah, I know. I wish I could (laughs) adequately explain it. Oh, yeah, I've been
7: mad or Yeah, Yeah. like,
1: uh, (laughs) ah.
2: I remember being terrified of Uncle Alba oh. because he was like a super jolly, kind of scary Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And he always wanted to talk to the kids. <laughs> so we had that big basset hound. And he'd be like, you can take him for a walk. And then that dog would just drag you around the yard. It would just drag you. It was like like... Hagrid. It was so scary.
6: (laughs) He he would show me how to hunt for arrowheads. He would take me up on the hill and he would show me how to hunt for arrowheads. Uh,
1: Hagrid, that's good.
3: What about Doug and his poetry? Yeah.
6: Oh, Douglas poetry. Oh,
15: you
6: probably, in place, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> probably two lights. <laughs> <laughs> I was <a> big man.
9: Uh, don't get in the cookie.
5: Some of my favorite memories. <laughs> Ray teaching me to dive in the pool with his limited diving knowledge. Oh, <laughs> there were some other people watching this, so that had to be the funniest sight. I think I feel like Ash was there too. I don't, I don't
15: know. I don't know to why would
5: you have Ray teach you?
15: Yeah, I
2: mean,
1: I just like, love to. Like mid to over twenties. <laughs> right. trying to
2: be brave and dive without plugging our
1: noses. That's not true.
6: We all grow up so much here at (laughs) the (laughs) ranch.
5: I remember late nights with Kristen laughing our heads off because it was like our one chance to not parent. And (laughs) it was a really good out for us to come to the ranch and we'd play games late into the night. Um, (laughs) I remember lots of times driving down the river and wondering if we would ever make it back. <laughs> and finding pottery and tadpoles, falling asleep to the stars and waking up to the beautiful canyon walls. Acceptance and love, early mornings to get out on an adventure, um, fat man's misery. I, I always think it's funny how difficult the hike is and the pride you feel in just having accomplished that. And then the truck ride out. The truck ride out is the real test of faith, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, connecting with the land and with family for me is equivalent to connecting with Christ. I just feel like when I am out in nature, I just feel God's love, and when I am able to converse with and have fun with each of you, I feel God's love. Okay. I'm
3: just going to tell you one memory. Okay. My memory is of that house, and we were out front, maybe it was this one, I can't remember. We, I Anyway, we were talking about memories, and I was out front, and everybody was sitting there, and it was extended family, and I was talking
15: about my Uncle Bob, whose picture's up here, and he's the tallest one that died really young, and I knew he was standing right there by me. And I just remember saying to them, you know, we don't know him now. A lot of you just don't know him, but soon you're going to know him really well. And he's part of our family. So I just have to hope and pray that grandma and grandpa and great grandma and grandpa and my dad and mom were all here to hear what this means to them. This is beyond their wildest dream come true. So I hope they know what they've done for us. And I just want you to know that my sisters and I are going to try our hardest to let it continue as long as it possibly can. That this can be your legacy like it's been our legacy. That's all. Love you. Yeah.
9: like,
16: memories and Um, uh, so for me, two things that I, I've been thinking about, I didn't write about it, of course, because this is just dribble. Really, but, uh, the first time I went on Fat Man's was, like, I was sure I was gonna die. I was like, these guys are crazy. <laughs> I had never done anything like that. Um, I remember asking, uh, Grandpa, uh, if I could go back, and he said no, there was no going back after we'd done the first, <laughs> the first propel. So I was like, okay, two weeks away from getting married, and I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> so I, I yeah, I, I grew grew up a lot that day, and then um, unfortunately, that was the same day um, I found out when I was at, we were at the Thunderbird that my grandma had died. So that was a rough,
1: oh.
16: a rough time. But, and every time I pass that, I, I think of that moment when I found out about that. Um, and then the second thought I had was when we came down here about three weeks into the pandemic. And we had a great time here. It was really cool. We went on some hikes and stuff. We never, we came here. And we, I kind of had a feeling that maybe something wasn't right because our car just barely made it past the river. So we've never left. We stayed here for what maybe two or three days before we went back. And then that feeling was right, and we got covered <laughs> went into the river and barely came out. And then, and maybe this happens all the time, but I've never gotten service. But we walked to the top of. That uh, just right out of the river, and there was we had service. It was like miracle of miracles. Hmm. And so uh, the old guy from Knab came and picked us up. But it was scary because for a minute I thought, wow, there's ten thousand dollars down the drain. But we figured out we could, and in talking to the insurance agent, it was actually an accident. So they were able to cover us. Although we we paid for it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's in premiums, but, but both of those two experiences happened here and they were very like, yeah, I was sure I was going to die on, on Batman, and then dealing with my grandma's death and like, dealing with that vehicle was pretty scary. But So I, I've become a man because of the rain. Yes.
2: I still remember you going down that second rappel. Like the one where you have to go off the ledge and totally just drop. I just remember, you, I just remember how nervous
1: you were. It's still just so stark in my mind. Yeah, that was when I, I said, is there any way I can
2: go back? And <laughs> well, what's cool is, you went back a couple years later, I remember, and did that thing no problem. Like, it was like no big deal for you anymore, You are I totally con- conquered it. It was cool. Reminds me of
3: when you guys took Frank, and he almost drowned. And he said,
6: He almost he, drowned he, me. He almost pulled yeah. <laughs> he did tell him that the backpack
1: would float. He, he well, it does float, but not with him holding it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would
2: float with him holding it. But he wasn't using it. <laughs> he has it well, out here.
1: Wasn't
6: it?
2: <laughs>
12: What did Frank say to us? Mom was going to say, he said,
6: I can't believe people do this for fun. (laughs) Well, he said,
3: after everything I have been through in my life, I have come to
2: die here. Uh, He he grabs onto me in that pool and we both just sank. (laughs) The water was here. So it's like we were like... So I, so I just kept walking. He's holding on to me I just kept walking knowing <laughs> eventually, he'd come back up. <laughs>
1: um. That's probably not a good idea to take
2: a yeah. look <laughs> <laughs> He and John Manuel neither swim. We're like, here's an minute or <laughs>
1: Good
2: luck.
4: I remember actually being in the back of the truck on our way up to be dropped off and sitting right next to Frank. And John and they're both just like, so like,
1: what's this like? And you're like, oh no. I don't know how to swim. Oh no.
15: Dad, do you remember you gave a talk about, you compared the fat Man's where you have to jump into the sulfur pool to the atonement, like however, all but one? Have gotten dirty and <laughs> sin. Do you remember that?
6: I
2: don't. Says <laughs> wife. Here. Says
15: wife refused yes. and you're yes. so you comparing you. her to the Savior, who is the only person who has never <laughs> been without. A sin. She's never been to
7: the ratchet either. She was the only person that you could not
15: get to jump
2: into that silver <laughs> bowl, and she just wouldn't.
7: Well, I don't remember uh, the the, the uh, comparison, but.
2: It Was that moment where she said, "If you touch me,
1: I will divorce Seth." That's when we knew she was serious. That's (laughs) when I realized I had been able
7: to con everybody, hundreds of people, up until that point, but there was no
2: way with her. (laughs) (laughs) Then
5: it's always been like she's talked about in hushed tones around here. (laughs)
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like Mom said, it's not that she hasn't ever done the hike before. She's never come to the ranch.
2: So.
6: <laughs> like, have any of you stayed here by yourself? No, that'd be cool.
1: Mm-hmm. I have. I, I did one night. It was just me. Really? Serious? Yeah. Where was your family? <laughs> you guys yes. all slept
2: in Thunderbird, and I was the only one who want to stay. Yeah, here. I remember.
1: Seriously? Yeah, I remember not watching. Even
2: I downloaded a couple of episodes of The Office and I was here alone just watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have terrible
1: parents. Oh, okay. I've done
6: that three or four times just on business trips. I'll just stay here all by myself and it
2: is cool. Yeah, I'm very good true uh-huh. attraction. It
11: is cool. So, for the weekend, we want, we want uh, to share. I ain't really feeling that much. Just. It's, all of what other people have said, but just like family, I always feel like I'm closer to my family after going to the ranch. And I always just feel grateful. And like, and some memories I have are like truck rides with Grandpa and Batman's. And for some reason, like, Whenever we have dinner here, we always have watermelon.
6: <laughs> 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 just, just.
11: Uh, and then, like, looking for, like, new spots to, like, hike or, like, caves and stuff like that. And then there's always amazing views. And then sleeping outside and just, like, getting dirty and not caring at all. <laughs> and just having fun. No
7: Perfect. That's really
1: good.
12: So I'll be really
7: quick. you No, no. You need The
12: first time we did uh, the uh, slot hanging down here, I think it was the first time. Anyways, it was just after we kind of just barely discovered it. and it, it was really wet. There was a lot of water that year. And me and Brie were talking about this earlier, but I remember, (laughs) it's so weird. I remember I had new shoes on. And so I remember thinking, oh, do I want to get my new shoes, dirty? And then Brianna really wanted to go, how old were you? You were pretty dang young. And I remember thinking, "Uh, she's probably too young, we should just send her back, but, I just had this thought, like, ah, let's just try it with her, and we and we went, and it was just nuts. Like, it was just disgusting. I remember Ryan was there. This, I mean, don't let me touch. People were on our backs, and we were. Do you remember that time Amanda was there? And it yeah, was we just all. It we was just such we had, such a had to like scale up the thing. Just such a crazy fun adventure. And I remember I just had like this switch of mindset like, what the heck are you doing? Like, oh, you ruined your shoes. Oh, you almost didn't let your daughter go on this crazy adventure. And I was just so glad that I did both of those things. So that's kind of been a good lesson that I learned moving forward.
10: Yeah. I think that's like something that i think is so beautiful about the ranch it like it helps us to like break out of those things you know so i feel like there's a lot of just like we like hold ourselves back from doing things sometimes just because of like silly reasons like oh i don't want to get dirty or like uh, but like it just like you just live like it just pushes you to do do stuff get dirty have fun
7: well, that's why I push, that's why I push the pool so much, is, You just gotta let go. You no, know, you just gotta let go and, and not worry about all your preconceived notions, because once you've jumped into it, you've felt accomplishment. You've also realized that you've done something that, that you wouldn't have ordinarily have done, and it was refreshing and cool, even though it was a cesspool. <laughs> So. Well they've
1: got you ready for all the stuff
15: that was coming up, but right? it just wasn't
7: a pretty good so then No, no. no. All You've already done initiated, That's why I called it the initiation. Mm-hmm. You're ready for for what happens after that. Every year but the dry years. When so we had to jump into the touch
1: pool and all the sloth cans were dry. Yeah. And you're like, so what? <laughs> yeah,
7: we've had we've had some dry years. Well, I've got several things but uh, what is the ranch a symbol of? I was thinking more as I wrote this of what it originally was a symbol of when it was settled by uh, uh, Linda's ancestors and, and this is the thought that came to mind of deep-seated, time-honored eternal values hard work commitment, family, education, service, dedication, and love. To think that they came down to this place and made a living here is just astounding to me, absolutely astounding. One of my favorite memories was riding horses with Leonard a year or two before he died. I appreciated his love for the ranch, his heritage, and his comfort level on the back of the horse. All of these feelings were deep-seated and part of his nature. That was one of the most sacred experiences I've had. And this I did not write down, but I think I, I need to mention one of the most profound sacred experiences I had was when I took Julianne's group through and we had the hundred year flood and this spirit told me that I'd made a mistake in taking them on this hike that we needed to hurry through the canyon and get out before something bad was going to happen. And and I realized that God can speak, you know, to you even when you make mistakes, pretty good, pretty profound f- principle that he, he still cares enough uh, to, 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 uh, to make that commitment. Like many of our prophets, when I connect with nature in a setting like the ranch, I appreciate a God of creation, a God of vision, and a God who loves his children. Now I don't know whether to do this now or another setting, but I feel impressed to share with you something that's going to embarrass Grandma to the heart. It's going to embarrass me, and it's going to embarrass every single one of you. Wow. Okay.
1: That introduction. In,
7: Linda's, in, Linda, in Linda's, one of Linda's journals, oh she wrote this. <laughs> it has been a beautiful day. Just as the song states, everything's going my way. I came home from Utah so happy that it almost, I'm almost hurt with joy. The telephone rang and answering, I found Neil Burton on the other end. Neil Burton, dot, 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 dot. Oh yes, he's the boy who played the trombone in a dance band at our last state dance. And it was his little brother, Kent, that I had a date with just five days ago at that state dance while he's playing my trombone and was sick of the thought of my little brother dating Linda. Anyway.
2: Uh,
1: uh, this is good for her. Keep
2: going. I'm not embarrassed yet.
7: <laughs> Let's see. Just as, as, as I had him identified, he asked me to go to the same place to some plays at the high school with him. I was as shocked that I can't even remember the rest of the conversation. However, I must have answered yes, because he. we went together and I started to get to know Kent's big brother a little better. And I must admit, I started liking what I was getting to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
7: we, be- oh, yeah. we-, My turn. Nope. we became good friends I'm not going to do the whole thing that I was going to do but every family unit from now on
1: will do this you
7: need to know that us old fogies had a little romance in our life okay I missed uh, let's see We became good friends in the next couple of weeks. Good enough friends that Neil asked if I would like to go with him to the junior prom. I'll never be able to forget the wild anticipation and excitement I experienced while preparing for my first junior prom. The thrill of buying my first formal, having my hair done, buying new shoes, and buying a boutonniere all dissolved into sheer pleasure. When he came and brought with him my first corsage, a yellow gardenia, that corsage was certainly one of the highlights of the evening. I can still remember its sweet fragrance.
1: There you have it. Because kids are hungry.
7: Well, I've got I got well, I got to do. This is this is embarrassing to me. Okay? This is the first song I wrote to Linda. I'm now burning all the journals that you were going to have to go
3: through.
1: Oh, come on, this when is golden. When I see you
7: in the early morn, something tells me you're the one. When you take my hand, darling, then I know my heart you have truly won. May my heart turn to you i now promise to always be true may i never make you blue cause i love you yes i do in the evening time under moon and stars as we stand in reverie a thought comes to mind and i know it's true you mean everything to me. And then the chorus in the third verse. As we gaze into the eternities and see a future bright and fair, I will do my best to be worthy of being with you forever there. May my heart be turned to you. I now promise to always be true. May I never make you blue, cause I love you, yes I do.
3: Okay. This is totally awesome.
0: Awesome. Okay. Do you want me to pause this and start a new recording? Yeah. Okay. Let me...
10: Mount Carmel Junction, one mile, the Thunderbird restaurant. Home of the Homemade Pies. Tune into this radio station for information about Zion. Dad turned right. The dirt road gave the truck a gentle massage, welcoming it back. Dad rolled down his window first, then Audrey, next Nathan, and finally Mom. The wind kissed their faces like a wife would kiss her husband after coming back from war. The family smiled and tasted the ranch. The sandstone, the joy, the legacy. Nathan's eyes lit up when the family passed the cave. Audrey, how many bats do you think you've seen at the cave? Do you remember the story of grandma getting a bat stuck in her shirt? Audrey smiled reminiscently, and the cave chuckled as they drove past. The large, dark opening missed them, and sand danced off the walls, hoping to meet them. For now, they would drive on. Soon the truck waddled across the river, and the family laughed at the awkwardness of it all. The water around them seemed to flow a little bit faster at their arrival cliffs of red tan and orange climbed up to the sky with bushes clinging to them in hopes to reach the sky one day as well all of the perfect shades of blue were held by the sky who gave of its hue freely without guile audrey held out her hand audrey held her hand out the window and let some of the blue seep into her she had missed the warm touch of the blue and the blue was happy to heal her again the truck reached the gate and the dirt slowed beneath the tires barracks ranch dad moved his hand towards the gear shift and put the truck in park he stepped out and the dirt on the road accepted his feet letting them sink in he opened the lock and the gate swung open in acceptance Dad shot a smile over his shoulder and let his old footsteps guide him back into the truck. The land, the family's land, pulled the truck through the gate and back home. The dark, defined, wild horse proudly recognized them. The tan horse stomped his hooves playfully on the land, their land. A shadowed figure at labor on the road looked up at the family He smiled a smile that made the family taste something so sweet, their lips curved up in an inescapable reaction. The man drew his attention back to his work. This road had to be built because one day his family would come to this very land. It would be their land. The man knew that the land would love his family only with the love that he gave to the land. The land was in him. His hands were so often embraced in the land that it had seeped into him. When he planted alfalfa, the alfalfa slept. The seeds couldn't differentiate between the man's hands and the soil itself. The corn husks that the man harvested stretched towards his skin as if attempting to take root in it. As he plowed fields, the land filled the man, one speck of dirt at a time, until the entirety of his person smelled of grit and dust. All he needed was his children, his wife, and the land. The land gave him the best that it could, even when the weather was merciless. The family in the truck watched the man glance over towards his cattle, and the cattle, the fraction of cattle that remained, looked at the man. They seemed to say that everything would be all right. This land will not give up on us if we do not give up on it. In his lifetime, the man would be handed papers with lots of zeros on them. The Zeros would tell the man that they themselves could become the land. The Zeros would tell the man that he didn't have to be the land anymore because they could be the land. Every time the man would get handed these Zeros, he would thoughtfully squish them between his fingers and feed them to his land. The Zeros would be eaten up by his land, for his land would not be eaten up by the Zeros. Every time he refused the Zeros, the man's eyes became a stronger blue. Consequently, the eyes with which he looked at the sky were comparable to the sky. The eyes with which he looked at the family were comparable to the sky. His eyes, like the sky, healed the family with all their perfect shades of blue. Did the man's eyes borrow their blue from the sky, or did the sky borrow its blue from the man's eyes? Audrey, Dad, and Nathan transferred their sleeping pads to the front porch that night, for the stars were counting on them to do so. After their sleeping bags had been sufficiently rustled, the sky above demanded their attention. Thousands of slits of light found their way right into Audrey's eyes. The longer she looked, the more the tiny crevices she saw through the blackness of the night. Light spun each star around, romanticizing the night sky. Every square inch of the sky was begging for attention and Audrey easily surrendered hers. The song of the crickets and frogs complemented the appearance of the stars and the beauty of the stars made even the simple sounds of the night become miraculous. When Audrey's eyes met a particular space in the sky, the stars there tugged her mind to the precise moment in time where she was right then. The stars wrenched faithlessness out of her. The stars extracted her pride from her. The stars lured tears from her eyes. The stars took away darkness. I believe in you, the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in between. Thank you for showing me your love through the sky of beauty. I love you. Audrey's heart saw the shooting star before her eyes did. The sky lit up along with sweet Nathan's eyes. A blazing star, falling from the firmament, waved a beautiful goodbye that lasted long enough to pause the world for just a few moments. The creator, he who caused the star to fall, smiled down at the family. The rest of the stars smiled as well. "'Did you see that?' asked Dad. Nathan shot up in excitement. "'That was probably the largest shooting star I've ever seen. "'What makes a shooting star, Dad?' (laughs) We see shooting stars when a meteor gets too close to our atmosphere and burns up. Wait, so the stars are dying? They lose their place in the sky? Loss can be a beautiful thing. But what happens after a star burns up? It disintegrates, but it leaves a beautiful mark on the sky. It leaves a beautiful mark on our hearts. (laughs) One morning, while Nathan and Audrey were eating breakfast, dad's hands found the silkiness of the empty sleeping bags and silently pushed the thick material back to where they came until next time he looked out at the face of the sunset imitating cliff with a word etched by nature that looked something like brown if nathan looked hard enough he saw the word blue the levels of terrain and mountains deepened the more he stared the shadowed man stood in his field and the red rock far behind him, looked down at him in admiration. The rattling of an ATV arrived, scaring the shadow man away. The meticulously detailed mountains hid their faces. The sky sobbed. The truck left the crime scene. When the truck strolled past the cave again, a silver Jeep blocked the entrance. Behind the jeep was a small army of vehicles, all summoned to the cave by some interest, though the family in the truck were the only people the cave was truly interesting to. An RV was perched on the other side of the road, waiting for prey, stealing a little bit at a time. No matter how hard the land pressed upon the intruders, they pressed back with an opposite and equal force. Foreheads leaned out of the truck windows, and four pairs of eyes made contact with the
13: sky brown.